Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. After a layoff, an injury or a break from running, the sense that you are starting from scratch can be overwhelming and might even put you off getting back out there and on the horse again at all. Today, we're going to look at a few training hacks to make the running restart that little bit easier. Get Sonia's insider knowledge from the elite side of training and how it might apply to the rest of us. We'll also take a trip around the parishes to see which of our members and patrons ran the Dublin half at the weekend and any other races around the world. We will reveal Sonia's brilliant tip of the week as always. And in the second half of our show, we'll get to some of the questions that you have submitted for Sonia to answer. It is, of course, the Irishman running abroad with the goat, Sonia O'Sullivan and me, Jarlath Regan, just back from London. Sonia, you're down there in Cove. You look like you're having the time of your life with a visit from Dervil O'Rourke and Rob Heffernan to go paddleboarding over the weekend. I mean, living the high life. Yeah, how about that? Dervil, she came and picked me up in the boat and <laughs> it was great fun. Um, she sends me a little pin and we'll pick you up here. And um, yeah, we went off down at the um, Cove Sailing Club, have a little marina. So we, we broke in there uh, where they were tied up. <laughs> and actually, Peter Dervil's husband, he, he kindly called somebody up to get permission because I think it's a there's a lot of protocol with sailing and mm. where you can land, you know, and, um, you know, it was just a five minute pick up and drop off. And Rob was there with his wife, Marion and um, Tara and Regan, his two daughters and Derval. She had her children as well. Um, Daphne and Archie. And yeah, the, it was great fun. They were all gung ho, ready to go swimming in the water. Um, <laughs> but nobody really nobody actually got in the water nobody even fell in the water no one even really... fell in I mean that's amazing no. like I saw them on the paddle boards with jackets on and I've also seen the tumbles that you've taken off the paddle boards how did they not fall in yeah well I suppose that's the thing with these paddle boards now is you do have to wear a life jacket um, I don't I didn't actually have one on myself but you know we were only paddling around the boat area but mm. you know following on from things that have been happening on the west coast of Ireland um, where the paddle boards, they can get taken away if you yeah. start exploring, um, mm. which, you know, people do. Like today I went out to Coskinny, which is the local swimming spot here in Cove, and it's a lovely calm bay area. Um, and, you know, I definitely had to contain myself within the area because I was trying to source a life jacket. And I, my cousin actually has one, but he wasn't swimming today because he's the coach of the Cove um, football team and they won yesterday. So they probably had a big night and there was no swimming for him today, even though I'm sure it would have done him a bit of good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They won the East Cork uh, championship. So they got a big cup and oh yeah, it was great excitement yesterday around the town. They all came back deep in the horns and everything. Like only in Ireland do you get stuff like this in a small town. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Where, pretty special. And I, I'd say it's nice to be back and feel that uh, sense of home and to get to do all these things. How cold was the water today, though, when you got in? Um, it's actually not that cold at all. Um, it's fine. Like I was paddleboarding for a while and this, it was full sun and it was really hot. Like I had on shorts and T-shirt, clothes that I had on with the intention of not falling in. 
that's that's how you dress when you go paddleboarding. <laughs> that keeps you on your feet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, so then I came back in and I put the swimmers on and no wetsuit because I know I'm not swimming for long enough to warrant a wetsuit. Um, so I think I swam about 500 meters and yeah, I mean, it was cold, but while I was doing it, it was fine. It's just the getting changed. And, you know, when I came back to the house, I was ready to get, you know, have a bit of lunch and stuff. And then I thought, no, I have to have a shower first. I'm too cold. Like, you know, you can feel it right through you. Oh yeah. Feel it to the bones. I've had times when I went swimming in the sea in Kerry and I had to go to bed for, (laughs) for an hour to warm up. And that's, that's proper cold Atlantic ocean. But I feel like, yeah, you're still getting the residual benefits of a really hot summer. I need to say a massive thank you, Sonia, to you and Nick here on the podcast for letting me stay at your beautiful home in Teddington this weekend. If people don't know it, I popped over to London to do some shows and Sonia let me stay at the place there. And I was lucky enough to attend one of Nick's sessions with Stuart McSwain and Charlotte Perdue and Brett Robinson, who you may know from the For the Kudos podcast. If you haven't checked that out, that's another great running podcast to check out. Charlotte and Brett, of course, are preparing for the London Marathon. And Stewie, the fastest Australian man ever to run the mile, uh, was just doing the pacing and just enjoying his life Australian style. In, in London, meeting up with his Aussie friends. <laughs> I mean, he's the happiest man I've ever seen uh, in the off-season. Uh, it was special now, Sonia, to be honest with you, to see them run the times they were, uh, like, with such ease. So uh, do you know, first of all, do you know the three characters I'm talking about here? Um, I do, of course, yes. And um, it's a really impressive. Stewie, he's on a little bit of a... He's on his holidays now and having a break, but he's um, having his holidays in London and he's going attending a few football matches. um, And then he's helping Brett as well to get ready for the marathon. Um, So he's, you know, maintaining a bit of fitness. Um, But it's great. You know, it's amazing he can do that because a lot of people, when they get to the end of the season and they shut down and, you know, they're kind of like, they just, you lose touch with the, the efficiency mm. and the smoothness of running, but he's able to maintain it and, and run along and, and enjoy it, you know, which I suppose is nice to do when, you know, throughout the year there's a bit of pressure on and there's expectation on the sessions, whereas now he's just doing it to help out. And, you know, it's it's great when you have, you know, groups of athletes who work together and they help each other and support each other, um, you know, when, when they're not the focus, that they're, you know, still mm-hmm. there to you know, yeah. help out their friends and training partners. I mean, if you follow any athletes on uh, Instagram or wherever, their off season is, you know, in the on the beach and, uh, you know, straight away it's it's get away. And I'm sure that there's you know, a bit of running taking place. But this wasn't a this wasn't a walk in the park. I asked Nick to send across what exactly the session was, because I know there's people going, well, what were they doing? What they were running was seven by two kilometers with 30 seconds rest in between you know just just the 30 seconds that you need after running uh, two kilometers then they would do one minute's rest and have i guess you'd call it a one kilometer finisher at the end go as hard it just says hard for the one kilometer uh the splits they ran out of interest for for each of the two kilometers were for the two boys 611 that's for two kilometers 612 559 555 
547, 546 and 536 for the last one. <laughs> and you're probably thinking, ah, oh, well, the one kilometer, they must have been whacked for that. They'd never do that. 236 <laughs> for the one kilometer. I mean, I was just laughing, looking at the numbers going, oh, my God. Like sometimes uh, I look at that kind of thing, Sonia, and I go, I'm not really running <laughs> compared to this. <laughs> like what I Stu asked me in the house, you know, I asked him, what's your easy pace? And I told him mine, which was a mistake. But you just realize that there's just this level up there. And he tried to explain it to me then. You know, you're just unlocking levels of speed for yourself that once you've run at a certain pace, you're trying to get that to be your normal pace. Is that about right? Yeah, it sounds like a video game, doesn't it? You unlock mm. little levels of pace that you can do and then you move move on to the next level. But that, that's exactly what you do is that you're training yourself to become more efficient at a certain pace. And mm. then when you get to there and you get good at it, then you push it a little bit harder and you move up another level. So if you right. can kind of imagine little step ups and then there's plateaus and then it steps up again. So they're kind mm. of big, long steps that you're taking rather than short, sharp ones, because when you what instead of trying to always do more and to run faster, you actually get good at the level that you get to. And then once mm. you've really got that down, then you move on again. And a lot of the time that can be done by running a race. A race can just push you on so much more mm. that when you come back to training, then you're automatically up to a new level and then you yeah, get to train he, at that level so that then when you go back to race, you're at a higher level again. Yeah, because when he said it, I was like, so does that mean that uh, that you push up the level during the sessions? I, like when you say the races are what can break you through, I wondered about that because then I started to go, well, am I just running too slow? Because that was been the discussion for so long has been run slow to run fast. But it, it must be those hard efforts, right, that, that the levels get unlocked at. Yeah, I mean, the, de the levels get unlocked at. And I mean, they run slow on their easy days as well. They set off pretty slow. Mm -hmm. um, and then they get rolling because they just are good at it. And once they're warmed up, then they just start flowing. And, you know, everybody has this kind of happy pace that they settle into. And they're not mm -hmm. happy until they get to it. Um, and I think, you know, they run along and they're talking. So when you're running and talking, then you know you've reached your kind of kind of comfortable pace that you can keep doing. You do it without even thinking about it. Well, you know, doing things without thinking about it is something that Nick discussed with me as well. Uh, and he told me a few Sonia stories is only why you can refer to these tales of some of your training back in the day and him like looking at the stopwatch and shaking his head. So he asked me to ask you about the uh, increments of three kilometers, two and one, and whether you remember the session that he's referring to here and what times you ran that in. Yeah, I, I would have done that session, I think, in 1995 um, when I was getting ready for the world championships for 5,000 meters, because up to that point, the championships for women was 3,000 meters, and this was the first mm championship where it was going to be 5,000. Mm. Um, so yeah, I did the 3,000 was in 8.38, which would be pretty quick for, there'd be many races would be run at that time. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the two kilometer was, it wasn't that fast. It was like 5.50, I think. So it was 2.55 per kilometer. And then the one kilometer was 2.40 something, 2.40 
low 45 or 46 and then i think I mean, at the end of it i did a couple of 400 in yeah, under 60 throw them in throw those in like at that time you know, you described you jumping out of your skin and just being you know at this place of kind of shrugging your shoulders in terms of that stuff did when did you start looking back on it and going oh yeah that was that's pretty good <laughs> or do you just never feel that way and just think that's just something that i was capable of at that time no i mean you do sometimes you if you go back over your training diaries and you see the numbers and you kind of wonder how did you do that um because it just came so easy at the time and it was mm. so you were just in the zone where you could do stuff like that um but you know that was like one session in amongst a whole lot of other days of training um yeah. so if you were to look at the whole training week and see what went all around that then you'd get a better picture of what I was actually doing. And that was just a kind of a test session. You wouldn't do that all the time. And that time when I did that session, I had help from um, Paul Donovan from Galway and from um, Frank O'Mara would have been there to help me out. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't just go out and do that by yourself. You need mm. like, you know, really world-class runners to help you and to help you to relax so that you can do it. Because that's the key with that is that you don't actually go out there and try too hard, but you break it down into pieces and then all of a sudden it sounds a lot more manageable. Well, we did release one of those diary pages from your training plan. I think it was probably the most shared tweet we had last week that people's minds popped out of their ears when they saw the training plan, the 100 miles a week. And the uh, re reference to running to the sweet shop was one that caught people's eye. Uh, also, the in bits reference, <laughs> which <laughs> some people interpreted to mean Sonia admitted she was in bits after that session. But I think you <laughs> clarified, nah, I just broke it down into what you're describing here as chunks. <laughs> Would have been a nice admission, well, it was though. Just one day. Yeah, I mean, no, I was never in bits, I don't think, <laughs> after a session. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be pretty tired and you'd be flaked out, but you would never be that bad. Um, that what you, was the sweet you shop? couldn't get up the next day and go for a... I don't remember that. The sweet shop. Yeah, the sweet shop gets a reference. Running to Rand, a sweet... Rand, the sweet shop. I was like, Sonia's not I'd even have... sweet, is she? Getting a bag of Haribo. I'll have to look that up. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember that. Right, well, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll find yeah. that out. We'll it get the fact checkers onto it. It was funny. I had one message from um, Matt Ramson another one of the Melbourne Track Club athletes, and he goes, he said, what I want to know about is, what did you do to your finger? <laughs> there was one thing in there That's where reference it was some finger, reference yeah. to my finger. Yeah. yeah. And did but you remember? I, was after, I did, yeah, I did remember that. That was, because it was right before I was leaving Australia to go to the World Press Country, and I had an avocado in my hand, and I was cutting it oh, with, no. in my hand. And whatever happened, the knife slipped, and it went down through the, my baby finger. And there was blood everywhere, and I had to go and get stitches. Oh God! So that was a bit of a drama. Avocados a drama are like <laughs> avocados are the hipster vegetable. Are they a vegetable or fruit? The the hipster vegetable of the last uh, ten years. But nobody talks about how much of a awful bastard they are to get that nut without it slipping or sliding into the bin or off your hands. I'm not surprised it was the dastardly avocado that nearly cost you the World Cross Country Championships. I've had a bit of a a bit of a mare myself in the last 24 hours, but it wasn't through slicing my hand off. As I said, in Teddington, would have been crazy not to squeeze in a couple of runs in the fabled Bushy Park.
managed to get in three, uh, including the park run on the Saturday, which, as you said, Sonia, is an experience. Just an insane number of runners there. Like we heard about Darndale Park Run the other week with three runners. It felt like there was 3,000 people lining up for this thing, all life teeming across the park. Some of these, some of the deer were making some very strange noises. I think it's mating season or something, but I heard. It's getting closer. Yeah, definitely. October time, they start making noise. Yeah, I, I, I got the shock of my life on the first run when a stag just appeared in front of me and they do look at you like i'm a landing stag mate what's your problem like he's not he's not he's not asking for it he's not saying you want some he these stags sit there like what (laughs) he just looks at me as if to say what do you want (laughs) to run by like i was so shocked by coming like i'm this close like i'd say i'm four feet away from this stag and he is not phased in the slightest by my appearance. But anyway, the God's honest truth is that none of these runs felt good. Uh, I, I said it on Strava, and I'm sure people can identify with this, where you're doing runs and you're like, that does not feel right. You've had that experience, right, Sonia? Yeah, I mean, you you feel like that, I think, when you you don't really look forward to the runs because you know that they're you're just not running well. Hmm. You're not enjoying it as much when there's some soreness or something bothering you. Yes. And you always feel, you always feel good afterwards, but not before. So, Hmm. because you're kind of dreading going out nearly and then you get yourself into it and And you're kind of afterwards, you think that was great. But in reality is that you've got to do it again the next day and you're not looking forward to it again. (laughs) Yeah. So, that was yeah. it. Like, I think I've mentioned think- this l- little bit of ankle soreness the last little while. And I just, we had talked about how we leave that on the long finger. You don't want to go and talk to the, the specialist because you know it's going to be bad news. I plucked up the courage today, went down, and it was confirmed by the physio, brilliant physio here in Ratoth, Rachel, that there's a little bit of sneaky tendinopathy in the left Achilles and she went straight to work gave it the deep tissue massage and didn't do the cross friction uh, massage that you said I could expect you said bring a towel (laughs) to bite into they do the electro shock treatment uh, on it now she says much more so than than that type of uh, massage does the same kind of job she said I need to cut back the miles get on the bike and do these few exercises that she's given me. Uh, I'll be honest with you. My fear, like everyone's, is fitness is going to go. This is this is a this is a shame. Now what what's going to happen? And I fear the thing that we're talking about today on the show, the return to proper running afterwards. You're not in. You're not a million miles away from my situation, Sonia. Are you at all? Is there trepidation in you as to what it's going to be like when you go back there? Um, no, I actually, I feel good now. I, I, you know, it's, I, I hate to kind of let the running go because you know, it's like that you have that feeling that you're going to lose all fitness and it's going to be really hard to get back to that kind of flowing state again. Um, Mm. and whatever pace that is with you, you know, we can all find a pace that we're comfortable with and then a pace that's comfortably hard. And then you get to a point where you're willing to push yourself a little bit beyond that so that all those other paces start to feel a little bit easier. Um, but 
you know, I think I had a good, like, at least three weeks off. I must go and look it up now, but mm. I definitely had at least three weeks where I didn't do any running at all. And I just kind of didn't think about it too much. I think sometimes if you think about it too much, you can then you just don't enjoy the other things that you're doing then. So yeah, I just started to, to find to other ways. Of, yeah. yeah, just other ways of maintaining fitness and keeping fit. And I think one of the areas that I started to work on that I think is really beneficial if, you, if you're consistent with it is the gym work and the core work. Um, you can definitely maintain a lot of fitness doing that and then mm. just top it up with a little bit of aerobic stuff just so that you feel good because the aerobic stuff is really just it's for your mental like well-being as much as anything else like sure. that you actually feel good afterwards and um mm. so i've been doing that for the past few weeks and then i started running last week after i went to see this doctor up in dublin and he gave me an injection in my ankle he told me that basically my ankle joint was was in fine shape um or the ankle whatever the ankle I suppose it's not really the ankle joint because the joint whatever joint there's one joint in there that is totally worn out and he right. said well that's you know you can't do anything about that but your actual ankle is in good shape so you know mm. there's no harm running on it um it's just all down to the amount of pain that you can tolerate Okay, and so that's so why you, I had this. So does that mean you're going to be injection? In, okay, so that's what the cortisone was, right? Yeah, so it just helps you to manage the pain, and then you know he said even more important is your choice of shoes can help you to manage oh. pain, and you know some shoes will be better than others to and allow you to. Did the, um, did the fast shoes or the invincibles come up in the conversation? Yeah, well, it it seems like the next percent, all those shoes with plates are. They're the best because really? they keep your foot in a straight line and in a straight plane and you avoid that side side motion and you're just going forward. So I think that's why I, I started back running last week and um, he actually said not to go on rough ground. So he said there's really not that much evidence that running on hard and soft surfaces makes that much difference to people injury wise. Um, I think the big difference there is if you're running a lot. So if you were mm. running a hundred miles a week, then, you know, you, you probably need a bit of a rest by running on the softer surfaces, but he was saying to go on more smooth surfaces and, you know, to wear shoes that would keep you running your foot in a straight line as you're running. And, and then also to try and pay attention to, um, something we've talked about before, and I'm always kind of thinking, I don't know what that is, is cadence and Aha, just to yeah. take smaller steps. Right. So shorten he was saying it's, it's shorten the stride and then there would be less, even though you're taking more steps, there'd be less kind of pressure on your or weight going down on, on your foot every time you land because you'd be picking your feet up quicker every time. So I've been trying to do that. And yeah, I started off feel? just, I thought, okay, I'm going out for 30. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a bit awkward feeling to start with. It takes a bit of getting used to. Um, and so that's why I started doing this kind of just, I decided I was going for 30 minutes. And so I did one minute running, uh, one minute walking. And, and it was running, not jogging, because 
the minutes that I was running, I was going at a pretty good pace. So, you know, under five minutes per kilometer pace, which if I was going for an easy mm. run, oftentimes you end up running 520 per kilometer even. Mm. And whereas instead now I'm running at a faster pace per kilometer for the time I'm running and then walking and I don't walk very fast, but then the average time still comes out to be, it's gradually getting better as I'm going on. Um, so now I'm so down this, to about this, 524 per kilometer. Right. And this is, this sounds like a Sonia's tip of the week. Tip of the week, 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 tip of the week. It's Sonia's tip of the week. Our topic today is returning to running. The, the breakdown of walk runs that people are so allergic to doing, this kind of circumvents that a bit. Yeah, so it's like every run is a session, um, except that you're not, you're only operating at kind of sub-maximal level. So you're, you're not going as hard as you can. You're going kind of thresholdy type pace, but the running that you're doing in your runs is all at this steady pace and then the walks are they are what they are and they're mm -hmm. giving you a rest and then so you you stop and you reset and you go again every time so um yeah i don't know it seems to be working the only thing i i think i have done something like this before and the only thing that does cause a problem is that you have to be careful that you don't injure your achilles because a lot of the running is up on your toes and so I right. have to be aware of that. If you're all you're running is up on your toes and there's no, re so I was trying to, yesterday I, I was, I had done, so I did the minute on a minute off. And then I think I did two minutes on a minute off and I was going every second day. Hmm. And then yesterday I went on a run and I was doing, I thought I'll do three minutes and try and slow it down a bit. And in two minutes, that can be at the faster pace. But it was kind of hard to slow down for the three minutes. Once you're on that flat, even surface, that was, it was kind of 440 per kilometer pace. Flip. Which is fairly I mean, deep yeah, and going. Yeah, it's pretty fast, for, especially you know, for, for anyone 11. returning to running. Exactly, it wouldn't be a pace that you would automatically think you'd run in your first days back. But that, that seems to be one of the things that I'm reading people struggle with in terms of the mental block of returning to running. I said this at the start that some people will struggle to get back at it because they think it's going to be so hard. But this tip that you're describing here in our first tip of this run of uh, advice from you kind of takes care of that because you know that you're going to get these breaks. Yeah, and I think the key is that, you know, we all think we want to go out there without stopping. But really what you want to be out there is for a certain amount of time. So for mm. a few days last week, I did 30 minutes. And then on the weekend, you know, you go longer on the weekend because you might have more time. I thought, okay, I'll go 45 minutes. And so I was doing three minute runs, a minute walk, two minute run, and then three, two, three, two. And I kept just kept doing that until I got to 45 minutes. And, and then how I do you feel at the end of it? That's my, that's the question everyone wants to know. It's like, do you feel satisfied that you did a run or is, does it give you that, nah, it wasn't, wasn't quite what I used to feel? No, it was, feels just like a run. It's great. 
Sweet. Okay. Well, yeah, no, there's that's the tip of the week in the bag. And <laughs> we've got plenty more still to come over on Patreon in the second half of this show. I mean, it's it's straight down the middle, no nonsense tips with you, Sonia. There isn't any uh, and here is the <laughs> mystical reason why this running can work for you. That's what people love about it. And if you love more of that, the only way to get it is to come to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad and start enjoying all the benefits of being a patron of our show. We've a lot to get through in the second half of the show, including going around the parishes where we had one club member finish third in the Dublin Half Marathon. We're going to talk about everybody who was involved there. As as I said, we're going to deal with some of the questions you've been pinging in for Sonia in our Ask Sonia Anything section. I also want to ask you, Sonia, about a, a story that I read about, uh, I guess it's a last dance moment where somebody said something to you in Cove and you took that personally and that was enough to motivate you to go out and win this race i'm going to talk all about that over on patreon.com forward slash irishman abroad come over and enjoy it one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically you know exercise wise Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 